Um, just as an aside, you're doing great. I think you could give a little more volume. Maybe it's my volume on my headset, but it feels like you're ASMRing me and I'm getting hard. <laughs> I, you're what? I, yeah. No, I I agree. You're doing great. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Faking Injuries, perhaps the most special episode of Faking Injuries to date, bringing on our first live guest, Patrick B. Won't disclose his surname for his own privacy. He's going to be our resident nerd going forward. Big gambler, has a vacation home out in Vegas, plays a lot of blackjack. In addition to that, we think he's a perfect guest to have on to talk the relegation landscape. Current, or I should say former, suffering Fulham supporter fan. So he's well-versed in all the ongoings of relegation and should be the perfect guest. Patrick, I think you're a bit new to the podcasting game, media as a whole. So we'll start you off easy with some questions. And first and foremost, was your father addicted to gambling? (laughs) He was not. Next question, chicken or the egg? (laughs) Egg. Yeah, let's keep it light with these. Um, how will you explain losing your entire salary on gambling to your future daughter? Are there consultants for that? When it's ramen for like the 10th day in a row, do you just tell her it's bad luck or that like you're making EV bets, you know? Do you yes, tell her no ladder. one needs hot water? <laughs> I tell her she has to pay for dinner. How much time did you put into what you're going to share with the universe today? Way too much. Mm. But we'll, I won't be the judge of that. Realistically, <laughs> I, I still feel underprepared. I spent about three or four hours on Monday looking at this and then the entire, basically the, the, the whole day yesterday. Were you working yesterday? I was okay. on this, but also I, you know, I was online. Misappropriating company res- assets? Responding to emails where I could. Okay. Hopefully they don't hear this. I'll be honest, that's more prep than we ever do. So, Last question for me before we get into the relegation. You are a football fan, but you're not a football, football fan. This is one of the perils talking to Americans about soccer, football, in a American football loving culture. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your current system? I hear you have a discord and just a little bit about what it looks like for you in the American football season. Sure. I appreciate you asking. So the American football season is busy season for me. (laughs) About two years ago, I started looking into uh, teasers. Uh, The great Stanford Wong, shout out, a uh, famous sports better, wrote a book in the early 90s about teasers. And if you're not familiar with a teaser, it's essentially getting six points in your favor, but paying a price for it. And in the NFL, six points is very valuable because field goals and touchdowns land on three and six and seven with the extra point. So some points are more valuable than others. So getting an arbitrary six points in certain situations is a lot better. Um, So I specifically looked at what he put out in terms of home favorites that are favored by a touchdown if you get the six points you basically only get them to win or road underdogs that are underdogs by two or three points you ultimately end up getting to cross the three and the seven um from a scoring standpoint i'm sure that makes zero sense yeah charlie does this quick checkup how much sense is this making to you 
it makes a little, I think if I can dumb it down for our general audience, essentially you're betting more with Vegas than against them, right? Because you can take lines that are, you know, you're paying a price, but you can take lines that are not necessarily what's advertised in the money line. Sure. I try to. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it often works out that way. Other times it doesn't, but, um, Anyway, I don't want to go too deep into the details with it, but I put a lot of work into it. So shout out, shout out the Discord. I can drop the link in the chat. Oh yeah, big links in the chat. We'll we'll put that in the show notes. I know thousands of viewers are scouring that on a weekly basis. This just in: live listeners are saying you're already monopolizing conversation. So if you could please relax a little <laughs> bit, we know you're a guest, but respectfully, um, you know, try to be a little concise. You should have heard this and. Ninth grade English class, but nevertheless, here you go. Apologies. <laughs> well, I think that's enough warming up for Patrick. We're going to jump into it a little bit. We're going to go top down from the relegation scrap. We're excluding some teams, but we're really going Crystal Palace down to Bournemouth. So 12th to 20th, what we think of each team, who's going to get relegated. And I think we're just going to go one by one and have our own individual takes. We'll have our stats nerd off to the side, and uh, it should be fun. Yes, and for full disclosure, we're recording the morning of Saturday, March 11th. Bournemouth has just beaten Liverpool, but we're going to pretend like that didn't happen. We're looking at a table from before that match week. Regardless of what we say, we're going to look like fucking idiots, but that should be expected. And just to cover our legal behinds, this is satire. We are not allowed to be sued for any of the heinous things we say, specifically me. And last disclaimer, I'll add... Boys, this is a relegation podcast, so I don't want to hear any reference of the top 10 teams, unless it's Fulham, because (laughs) even though they're up there, it feels like they could always drop down. So looking at the bottom 10, we're going to eliminate Chelsea, Villa right off the bat, and we're going to start with Crystal Palace. My first thoughts are that they're just safe in my mind. I feel like there's too much talent, especially up top in Zaha, Elise, Eze, plus Selhurst Park kind of a fortress. A midfielder like Czech Decore just doesn't get relegated. That <laughs> would never happen in a million years. With that being said, they will want to forget the season pretty quickly. But stick with Vieira because they were pretty awesome last year. Any deferring thoughts? Anyone have them in their relegation conversation? Pat, you are the guest. Let's hear it. What Crystal Palace thoughts do you have? You know, I hate to say it, but I do agree with Charlie. I think that they are probably too talented to go down this year. And to top that off, they have the second easiest remaining schedule in the Premier League among the rele- relegation teams. What is that metric? Is this a proprietary blend so you this created? Is, this is just based off of uh, current points, okay. um, which isn't fully representative, but still, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be facing the rest of the top competition um, when you're in this relegation battle, which I'll get into later. I will say about Palace, among the the relegation teams they are in pretty poor form expected goal differential is just over minus five in their last five the premier league and only the glorious nottingham forest has a worse goal differential for me with palace it's felt like a failure to launch like the whole season the first 10 to 15 games i know you were still bullish on their chances charlie for the whole season but They've been very close to that bottom. Agreed, the talent there must be enough to keep them up. But the squad feels a little fragile as a whole. Not a ton of depth. A squad that is featuring, and 
I'm sorry if I'm beating a dead horse here, but a squad that features Joel Ward on any semblance of a regular basis should be expelled from the Premier League. And that's what Crystal Palace have been fighting with here. And they better learn their fucking lesson this summer. All right. We can go through our foot mob. We can make recommendations if you need. I think the American owners are possibly looking about selling their interest in Crystal Palace just because they want to bid on Man U. Kind of dirty, but regardless, whoever's running that ship this summer needs to right these wrongs because teams like Brighton, teams like Newcastle, who historically they could be like, these teams are around or below us, they've elevated. So Palace is of those teams who have been in the Premier League for a while. They're becoming next bottom. Plus, some teams that come up have rich owners or could get bought and then instantly have an influx of cash. It's like hard to compete with people spending that much money. So they need to get their shit together pretty soon. Let's move on to the next team, Wolves. Really strange season because I feel like the first half, the entire time, I thought they could definitely get relegated. But then they fired their manager and signed Lopa de Gooch. Lopa de Gooch Mooch. Lopa de Gooch. Lopa de Gooch Mooch. And I feel like he guarantees safety. It's a little crazy that you can go from beautiful Sevilla consistently finishing in Europe to a relegation scrap and double your salary as a manager. But that's just the Premier League. They're going to lock shit down at the back and they're going to draw their way to 12th to 15th, in my opinion. So behind the scenes here, I uh, originally thought I was going to come on in February, at which point Wolves were kind of my sleeper pick. Um, and this was around the time they sacked their manager. I What's his name? Bruno Lage. Yeah. The Portuguese eyebrows. And it, uh, <laughs> they, they did turn it around. And obviously the few result, the result against Liverpool being among them. Um, I feel like they're sort of in that category with Palace, though, where they've, they've become quite stale in the Premier League since coming up. And, you know, it, it, it feels like it's time at some point. And that's, that's a biased perspective as a Fulham fan because I want to stay up next year as well. But it's, uh, it, to, to me, it feels like they've done enough to kind of stay safe this year. Um, I do wonder, though, if how aggressive they'll be over the summer and if they can get this ship turned around. I think they have to be because it wasn't that long ago when this team was finishing like 7th, 8th consistently after coming up. Europa. Yeah. Yeah, made a few bad bets in the transfer business. It's what happens when you up your unit too quickly, right? Think about Fabio Silva and the bubble that he was. They dropped 50 on him, right? Exactly. And, you know, he's at PSV, flamed out in the Premier League, went on loans. He's gotten a few arm tattoos to try to get rid of that babyface assassin vibe. But I think the market agrees Lopa de Gucci is stable enough to keep them in the Premier League. We universally don't think they're going to go down, but would all love to see them go down. So we can pray. I think it's getting into exciting territory now because the next team in 14th, of course, as of time of recording, is Nottingham Forest, who, like Pat mentioned, have a pretty horrific goal difference. Off the top, I think I just got to lay it out there. They're one of my three to go down. I don't know how spicy this is after today's results, but I need to preface this by saying I, I love Forrest, and I love their thick Greek oligarch. Steve Cooper. And I love Steve Cooper. Evangelist Maranakis, too. We've done a whole episode on him, the owner. We're just in love with him. He's a walking advertisement for any Greek diners in the area. Some people call him fat. We prefer to call him prosperous. Chesty. Um, chesty. <laughs> <laughs> with that out of the way, I'm a little tired of this team getting overhyped like they're safe. 
because they've been one of the worst defenses in the league the entire season. They're one of the five worst attacks, and they've just been saved in a few games by Gibbs White, Brennan Johnson producing moments of magic. Steve Cooper, good manager, but has done a pretty poor job getting this huge squad to gel. They do this counterattack approach that often ends with a lot of goals in the back of their net, which is not really how you're supposed to run a counterattack. Most importantly, <laughs> I think they have the hardest run. I don't know what your stats will say, but I think they have the hardest run of any bottom teams the rest of the season. They play five of the big six teams, Newcastle, Brighton, and Brentford. Just from an eye test on those fixtures, there's not that many games left. What, like 13 games left? That's a tough schedule. Yeah, and I I hate to agree again, but Charlie's hit it on the head here. And you talk about their their defense being so poor. They are now, well, with this Tottenham result, I assume this will be their seventh straight match with less than one expected goal attained. Wow. So Good they hair. they are not they are not getting it done where they need to. And I know at the beginning of the year they were having some success because they were scoring goals. And I had sort of focused on them a little bit more than others because they came up with with Fulham. So it uh there is a little bit of a rivalry there just because you want to stay up while they go down. But I I do also have them in my three just Full, full disclosure, uh, Caesars was hanging a plus 200 for them to get relegated this morning, and I think that that would be a great bet. I'm sure it will change after this uh, Tottenham result, which is obviously happening. But I... Um, I took plus 200. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think they're going to go down. They do have the... I, I have them the second hardest schedule remaining, um, only to Southampton. Their goal differential is horrible. They're in very poor form. They can't seem to get it together. And I, I think it would be objectively funny spending that much and immediately going down. I mean, it could put them in financial ruin. They could pull Sunderland and drop pretty fast. Yeah, it's interesting unpacking... Like, on the front end... And I'll compare this to Bowley at Chelsea. People are like, how can you spend this much money? It's cheating. Yeah, it's weird that you can do it. But also there are downsides that are known in advance. And when Nottingham go down, they're going to need to generate cash because, right, get players on loan, off their books, otherwise. But they're going to continue to hit amortization costs like they're in the Premier League. They're going to need to sell Brennan Johnson, Gibbs-White, be left with a team of mismatched guys they picked up and didn't quite work out. And even if they are allowed to sell them, I doubt there's liquidity for a lot of these guys, but it's going to be half of the price that they paid this year. All of that is going to hit them very hard and hurt their chances. If they don't come up right away, I think they're fucked. But maybe that's what you're betting on when you haven't been in the Premier League in 20 plus years. Yeah, and I think if they do manage to stay up, they'll be in a pretty, because it's a high risk, high reward strategy, right? If you stay up, then you get another lump sum of cash for being in the Premier League and you can continue to spend money and actually maybe concentrate it more and not buy 20 players and buy like four really good players and make a decent squad. But I just, I really see them going down. I think they fucked it. I think Steve Cooper could have gotten fired and he didn't and they stuck with him. I think he's done a pretty horrible job this year, even though he's a good manager, so... And on the flip side, too, it, they they could very well stay up. It's it's basically a coin flip at this point. And if they do, it's like a few years ago when I think West Ham almost went down on the yep. last day. And immediately they turned it around and were, were in the top 10. So it's, it's something where you can 
it's just the knife's edge. You know, we talk about it in gambling all the time, but it for them with 12 games remaining, they need results. And I trust a team like Wolves to get those nitty gritty draws more than I trust Forrest, especially in their form. They're just, they've been horrendous and there's nothing to tell me that they're going to be one of those teams to stay up when they're around a bunch of teams that have quite frankly done it before. I'll put my bow on this. I'm going to zag from you guys because I actually do have Forrest staying up. I think it's going to be more of what we've seen to this point. We have to remind ourselves, though this is a 3-0 bashing against Tottenham already, this is what's happened already. Forrest, though they don't always look pretty, they get punches and bunches, right? They get wins sporadically, and even though they had a really tough schedule the rest of the way, I think they're going to get wins when other teams like Wolves, not that Wolves are going to get relegated either, but when other teams are getting draws at the bottom, I think they get at least three more wins on the campaign. And that puts them right around historically where you're starting to assure safety. Three more wins would pretty much guarantee. It's uh, 35 points. Generally, I've looked at like the last like eight years. You have to be above 35 points to essentially guarantee safety. And in a tight relegation scrap like this, like, you know, for a team like Forrest, that means you need you need three wins. I think the number, though, is going to be as high as we've seen in recent memory, just with Absolutely. the concentration at the bottom. 35 there. is like the highest it's been, but you're right. It totally We could is see 36. To be. Yeah. And there's not that one team. There's exactly. there's been yes. that one team like Norwich. They were they were 20 below or whatever it was. It just just like in horrible, horrible form all year. That one. I mean, Fulham has been there so many times. It, it's like. This year is so fascinating because top to bottom, there are nine teams that could get relegated. Now, two or three are more, much more likely than others, but it's so stacked up. It's just going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think it's one of the, the best relegation scraps we've seen because we don't have a team already going down. It might be one of those last day, I think it was like was it like 2010-11 when there was like seven teams up for relegation and like oh a goodness. bunch of them played each other and the results like literally I think six different teams were relegated at certain points during the match day but it all changed by the end it's gonna be crazy all right as our stand-in host I feel like it's my job to take us next to Leicester City a team we're not used to seeing this low at this point in the year but as of time of recording they're sitting 15th on 24 points and not a horrible goal difference, but it's weird seeing them here. I don't think they're going down. I think it's pretty hard to imagine a world where that exists, considering the amount of money they've spent, the amount of talent they've had. The fact that I'm just used to, in the last five years, seeing them in the top 10 in European places. I want to throw it to you guys first and just see what your opinions are, because I'm a little lost as to how they're still here. Yeah, I don't have a ton on Leicester. They're staying up. It's more broadly, when you look at your medium-term success and range of possibilities. We hate to dumb it down to it, but it's literally some combination of probabilities that you'll finish in any given place every year. And when you look over a 10-year horizon, the likelihood that even if you're a top 8-9 team that you'll go in 15th or 16th place is very possible. And especially if you're in Switzerland where the bottom half have to go to a relegation playoff, then it really sucks to be an owner. But Leicester, they're not going down. They got a Premier League in the bag. They built a lot of infrastructure around that bitch in the Midlands. And they purchased a 6'8 center back from Australia. That's always a good thing. Yeah. I think for Leicester, it's just get in summer planning mode already. We got to have a goalkeeper replacement for Ward. He looks terrified. So clean that up. Reinforce the attack. 
find a Tealman's replacement and go again. Yeah, I have I have very little to say on Leicester relative to some of the other squads. Um, I, their profile is pretty boring from my perspective. You know, they're kind of agreed upon in the betting markets as pretty unlikely, like given about a you know ten percent chance of being relegated. Um, they have one of the easier schedules remaining among the relegation teams. They kind of have they you know in their last five they're at a minus two point five expected goal differential. Um, against you know tougher opponents and obviously their goal differential isn't nearly as bad as their uh their counterparts around them i i ultimately do think they stay up but again this this race is just so crowded that they're they're one of those teams that if you don't accumulate results you don't get to that 34 35 like they could be faced with needing something in the last couple weeks and and not getting it so it's kind of that that knife edge that i talked about earlier i don't think they'll ultimately go down but it's just tough to say that with much certainty and and i I don't know if they should really look towards the summer right now because they, they really need those points yeah, there's always a chance, and I feel like they just need a big win, and I think they'll be pretty okay. Like, they need to win in their next few match weeks, but yeah, they, they might have just scored. They they need a win, and they don't want to be in a position where they need results in the last three fixtures because soccer's so random, and the more short-term couple-game sample size you take, the more random shit can happen. Someone can get a red card. You can have, like, a fluky goal. Goalkeeper can just make a mistake, so... You don't want to be in the position where you need five plus points from the last few matches because that's not good. Yeah, they're part of this cohort that I'd include Wolves and West Ham, who we'll talk about next in. Yeah, you're at the bottom and the consensus is you won't get relegated, but get moving because you can't have the last three matches come, like you said, and need results because nothing's guaranteed at that point. So I would just leave Leicester with Andale. Vamanos. Andale. Well said. Let's take it to West Ham then. I have a hard time with West Ham because I actually, I think there's a real possibility they go down more so than Leicester City for me personally. David Moyes has kind of lost his magic and I feel like they're one or two big injuries away from being a much worse squad because let's be honest, they have a lot of championship level players in here. Yes, they have players like Declan Rice and Lucas Paqueta, but if one or two of those guys go down for extended periods in the last 15 games... They're in trouble. In other words, what I'm trying to say is if I was Salisu on Southampton, I would be hunting for Declan Rice's kneecap <laughs> next week. I would even hire an Eastern European coach to you know, manage and set up a bounty system on the top players of the bottom five to seven squads. Maybe let's model it after the Saints, but we need to take out some kneecaps. I think that's probably a market not in short supply or demand in Europe, especially as you fan East. Uh, Andrew Tate, I'm sure, could guide us <laughs> in that realm. My point on David Moyes, uh, Patrick, you are the nerd. You've been amazing at presenting us quantitative information and, more importantly, analysis, turning our data into insight. Me, on the other hand, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. David Moyes, he is looking extra frumpy these days. <laughs> He somehow managed to go through COVID, keeping his weight in some band of equilibrium. This losing is really getting to him. I worry about him. If Antonio Conte could use some hair provided by Turkish transplant centers, David Moyes could use a diet. I uh, I don't have many numbers to back that up. But, um, <laughs> oh, have you ever heard of a fucking BMI? <laughs> 
certainly willing to bring that to the table next time I'm on. Um, West Ham's interesting. Uh, again, in February, they were one of my teams. I'm holding a plus 850 ticket for them to be relegated, Love which it. would be very nice. But I think that some recent results have gone their way, certainly. Um, they sort of profile as a team that's going to be on that edge once again. To me, it's kind of like there are, there are three or four squads that are that are sort of in the thick of it, and West Ham is one of those borderline teams that, you know, if they have a couple of those unlucky runs go their way, they're, they're going to end up on the wrong side of things. I, you know, they've played with fire before. I'll say they do have one of the harder schedules going out, but they've been in decent form relative to the teams around them. I'd love to see them relegated. I just don't think it's going to happen at this point. I do want to state, by the way, there is a world where West Ham get relegated and West Ham win the Conference League and are playing in Europa League while also being in the championship. And I think they're one of the favorites for the Conference League. And that would be the coolest thing in the world if they were a championship squad playing in Europe. I'm here for that. Oh, my God. It's hard enough explaining Europe to casual American fans. Explaining that you can get relegated and still be in the top flight European competition would just break our brains. Charlie, do you have any other West Ham analysis before I unveil what might be the most important fact in no. West Ham's race? No, go for it. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's an incident I'm calling West Ham Cocaine Gate. And this is from The Athletic. Great grassroots reporting over there. It's just too good to be true. Uh, the dialogue here that I'm about to unveil, you couldn't write it. And it perfectly encapsulates football culture and, and probably West Ham culture. But um, basically setting the stage at a recent West Ham match in the concourse area, there was a bald guy and his friend, hooligans, I imagine, and the bald guy gets on his knees, friend puts what looks to be like a white substance on his bald head. As friends are yelling, urging him on, using phrases like, go on, John, get in there, and have you done that yet, John? <laughs> Quote, the individual who sniffs the white substance says, let's fucking have it, before inhaling the white powder, he then shouts, irons. Which, which is the club's nickname. I imagine he must have thrown up an X, too. Like, totally rejuvenated by the amphetamines now coursing through his blood. So, so this has to mean they're um, going to win the Conference League, but at the same time might get relegated. I think that's spot on I think on it analysis. plays to your angle, Charlie. Yeah, I, I think so. That's, that's the world I want to see. They're not in my bottom three, but that would be great if it happens. Yes, and of course, we can't condone that and this is satire in case any of that was not true but let's keep it moving to the next club we're going to talk about Leeds United currently sitting in 17th place on 22 points as of the day of recording this is where it's starting to get spicy boys this is juicy territory I'm going to defer to you Patrick I want to hear the nerd shit up top and then see if I can talk myself into any scenario that doesn't involve them getting relegated so my first thing to say about Leeds is they have the same odds in market to get relegated that Forrest do, give or take. Forrest, obviously, a little bit higher odds because they're on more points. But I think that is wrong. Um, and I think that for a couple of reasons. Obviously, we've talked about the horrible form that Forrest is in. Leeds, meanwhile, are actually putting together a string of results. And I say this while they're 
drawing Brighton, which would be another good point for them. I don't have them in my bottom three, even though they they definitely profile as a team that could go down. I see it more with Forest, and I don't think that they should be priced the same. Uh, they're they're playing much better. Their goal differentials a ton better. They're they're just they this is wrong. Um, How's their fixture difficulty? Uh, it's it's average. It's okay. it's about whereas as you said, Forest has has one of the hardest. So it it doesn't make sense to me that they profile that way, at least in in the gambling markets. And I think they're gonna continue to string together a couple results obviously it could go south for them quickly but i think this this string of the sort of bounce back once you do sack a manager that tends to happen will be enough to sort of keep them up by a couple points it's the sack bounce right the sack sack bounce we're all familiar with it (laughs) i totally agree as much as it hates me to see jesse get the axe i do love leeds united and part of their leeds usa moniker but even though their fixture difficulty might not be the hardest, Leeds make shit hard enough for themselves. So that kind of worries me. I think Weston McKenney will keep throwing in crunching tackles in the midfield at a high enough rate. Can Patrick Bamford please just do something productive for this squad for the first time in maybe 18 months? Now that, you're asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, that would be asking a lot. Uh, and let's see what Jorginho Reuters up to because kind of a weird potential buy in the January not potential but like future prospect buy at that clip when they need results first he's got a lot of drip though he's maybe one of the coolest looking guys in the league uh I think I've changed my mind fully on leads so if you've been listening and no one knows I've been saying this all year but I've had them in my relegation three since the beginning of the year even mid-season was saying Jesse's gonna get sacked and that this project is gonna go up in flames and they're gonna get relegated now that they've sacked him, and like Pat said, they've had a couple of results, I think they're going to be able to turn it around. The whole season I've been thinking they're going to get relegated, but the American boys in the midfield, it's just Tyler Adams and Wesley McKinney, that's too good of a midfield to go down. I just can't see a world where that exists, and I think the teams around them, Everton, Bournemouth, Forest, Southampton, are war squads um, on paper, so I think they stay up. And the thing I'll say with Leeds as well is if they do stay up, in contrast to Forest, they could very well go down next year. Uh, they, they, they just profile that way, and I think it'd be interesting to kind of see what that looks like when next year is finalized. So yeah, I, I really think that obviously they're, they're going to ha- be one of the teams that are more likely to go down in, in the betting markets at least, but... I, I just don't see it when compared to some of the odds that you're getting for the other teams. What do you do if you're Leeds next year in the Premier League? Seems like they're going to be in a similar place ultimately until they get relegated. Do you try a new nationality? You know, this was kind of the year of the American at Leeds. Maybe it keeps them up. Do you go Canadian, staying in North America? We're bullish on a lot of the talent there. Find a new Davies, maybe big money, huge money for Jonathan David. I think maybe you follow the West Ham model, just go all check. I don't know what it is, but they need to change it up fully. Their recruitment has been, at least I thought it was good a couple years ago, and it's been poor. Victor Orta, the sporting director, he's had a couple big misses. So I think they need to change things. I think they need to get a really good managing staff in, but I I agree. I think they could go down the next few years pretty easily, if not this year. All right. All said and done. Leeds United final tally. Are we saying? They're up for me. They're They're up up for me. They're up. Staying up.
let's take it next to the ugly redheaded stepchild side of Liverpool. That's that's Everton. You know who you are, Everton supporters listening to this podcast. Everton currently sitting on 22 points in 18th place, though we're doing this modified live table kind of. They did get a good result against Brentford, winning 1-0. I'll say my piece quickly. The appointment of Sean Dyche, maybe not breaking any new ground here, but I think this team is no longer lying about itself as they were under Frank Lampard, telling themselves that you, James Tarkowski, Michael Keane, whoever other center backs are playing, you're ball playing center backs. We play from the back. No, we play direct, get the ball up to DCL, use the height of Onana in the midfield, and really utilize the Burnley players that they've bought over the last few years. Like Dwight McNeil looks like a better version of himself, whipping balls in. I feel like this team is going to get enough of these 1-0 results or 1-1 draws, 2-1 wins. They're going to stay up just because this is the ideal version of direct football. It gets results. Yeah, I. it's hard to argue with a lot of the points there, but I'm playing devil's advocate on this. I have them to go down. They were minus 120 to go down when I wrote this. I think now those probably, that's probably going to shift pretty significantly because they're in 15th after that win. I don't think Sean Deitch can save the boys this year. And as much as I love to see the Burnley anti-football that you mentioned, Noah, back in the Prem, I think it's going to cost them their season at some point. They're the only team in the bottom seven without a game in hand. And that's important because relegation is about fine margins, right? One last game can be a pretty huge disadvantage. So although they're sitting 15th now, it's a deceptive 15th because West Ham and Southampton have two games on in hand and the rest have a game in hand. So I don't love this squad. I, I need to throw a couple of other stats in the mix. I'm turning into Pat a little bit here, but they've conceded 43 XG this year, which is second worst in the league behind, guess who? Forrest. Fulham. <laughs> oh, what a lucky bunch of lads they've been this year. Their goals per match is 0.9, worst in the league. All I'm trying to say is with or without Sean Deitch, this squad's horrendous. The stats are horrible. They deserve to go down. They might not, but I'm certainly rooting for it to happen. So this morning's result against Brentford, a 1-0 win and, and three critical points actually plays into what I'm going to say here. So looking at them at minus 120, I just I didn't want to touch it. I, I, I'm already immune to, to minus money betting as it stands. But um, with the amount of games left, it didn't feel worth it to me to pay that price for them to get relegated. But as Charlie said, they profile pretty horribly. Um, and not having that game in hand is so critical. I bet they will be somewhere between plus 130 and plus 150 at the end of today, at which point I will be betting on them to get relegated. They are in my group of three. I really just think they've played with fire far too long to remain up, and I, I do think they're one of the teams to go down. So with them and Forrest, that makes up two of the teams I think are going to ultimately get relegated here. Um, I will say they've been in decent form. Their schedule is okay, not great moving out. Obviously, they picked up this result today, but I, I think it'll just present an opportunity for us to make a play on them um, because they've been minus money in market for the better part of the last month or two here. So I'm I'm looking to, looking to play them there, and I, I do have to disagree with Noah. I think they'll go down. Yeah, and I also disagree with former Noah because <laughs> I've gotten to the point I realize I've said no one's going to be relegated to this point, 
and I'm I'm hitting the last three teams. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm really between Everton and former Everton manager, current frumpy manager David Moyes at West Ham. Pat, you've convinced me. Charlie, you've thrown in that game of hand stat that really has my mind. It's a deceptive table. It's a free match in hand. Can't underrate that. And while I think there's no way Onana gets relegated, a player like that, there's no way Seamus Coleman doesn't not get relegated. I like the double negative. It's a good point. Yeah, (laughs) he's going down. He should be in a coaching staff, probably Everton sometime soon. My brain's really starting to get into pretzel here, but I'm going to switch allegiances to ride with Pat. And you? I and me, yeah. All right, let's send Everton down. Everton's going down. We would love to see it. Let's take it to the next team, Southampton. I think one of the more exciting projects to talk about, because as we've mentioned on this podcast before, they were recently bought by Sport Republic and Rasmus Ankerson. They've done a lot of interesting things in the last year, but they're in trouble right now. They're sitting 19th on 21 points, and they really need some results. I want to throw it to you guys first. What are your initial thoughts? Do you guys have them going down? Do you have them staying up? Patrick, I'm going to take the lead here while you crunch more numbers, do more algorithms or whatever you nerds do. With Southampton, it feels juicy. We are, Charlie, sorry if this is not the right word, but we are sluts for well-run footballing operation. So it was a wondrous thing when the Sport Republic takeover happened. Rasmus Ankerson is this cult figure WeWork founder Adam Newman type guy. I'm sure he does ayahuasca in northern Scandinavia. Books on leadership and philosophy. Really an accomplished guy. By the age of like 42. Yeah, was running stuff at Brentford early in his 30s. He got out of that, found himself a Serbian billionaire, as we've talked about, and has been given the keys to run this thing. We've loved and followed the recruitment this year. Some people are saying maybe it's better if they do go down They definitely have a lot of money already tied up with first-team Premier League players. I don't have a ton on the predictive point here, other than I think they're going down. But this is going to be one of the most fun teams to follow, whether they stay in the Prem or go down to the championship. I think if they do, they'll be next year's Burnley. So they are the second most likely to go down, sitting at around minus 200 in the betting market. And my guess is that'll get worse after... uh, Bournemouth's result today. I also have them going down, uh, which which kind of reveals how I feel about Bournemouth. They profile pretty horribly uh, between goal differential, expected goal differential, recent form, and they do have the hardest remaining schedule among the relegation teams just, just ahead of Forest. I really just don't see it with this squad. I don't want to lay that minus 200 for them to go down, but uh, points bet is hanging a plus 275 for them to sit last in the table. And that implies about a 30, less than 30% chance. I see that as a number that should be way lower. Um, I ate that up last night. I think it's a, a great bet, especially, obviously, it'll change with uh, Bournemouth's result, but I just don't think this team has what it takes to stay up. They've gone through a bunch of change this year, and obviously it, it can happen to anyone. There is such a cluster there, but they uh, they really need to pull it together here, and I have them in my bottom three. I am going against the grain here. I have them staying in the league. I think they had one of the best winters of any club in terms of transfers. The fact that Kamal Dean Suleimana, a guy who we've talked about going to a top four club for years now is playing for them is unbelievable. He looks electric. That was a stretch. Go on. 
<laughs> I I need to stretch. I'm 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 pitching a minus two hundred to stay no, up. I love so the king, but I just felt like to let our, me let me stretch. To our <laughs> listeners, I wanted to tether us to reality. That's fine. Suleiman has looked electric. He certainly deserves to be at a club higher than the bottom team in the league. Is that is that okay? I'll give it to you. Okay. Onu watch you like that signing. Romeo Lavia being back is really important, and I think we've instantly seen that impact. This is a shocking stat. I didn't believe it, but I double-checked it. They're the fifth-best defense in the league since the World Cup, according to XG conceded. What that attack do? Absolutely shocking. <laughs> the attack doesn't do much, but hey, when you have Ward-Prowse on set pieces, you can get some scrappy goals. They have unbelievable center backs in Salisu, Bella Kochap. I think they're going to be able to lock shit down. I don't think they're going to lose a lot of matches, and I think that's what's going to keep them in the league. I could see them getting some nasty nil-nil, 1-1 draws against the big boys, who they are playing soon. They're going to stay up. This kind of tells you how I feel about Bournemouth and their prospects, but (laughs) I trust the process, and I also just kind of want them to stay up, so I think it's a little bit of that. But I predict Onuwachu to have three goals for the rest of this year off of set pieces, just towering over everyone else. And yeah, they're staying in the league. I doubt anyone has this on the top of their head, but do they play Leicester at any point? Because imagine this... They just played Leicester. They... Wait, when did they play him? Uh, last week, they beat him. Okay. Dang, I need to watch the film then to see Onuachu versus Sutar. Head-to-head, 6-8 on 6-8. That sounds like David Moy's wet dream. It's fun, too, when we get down to this part of the table because there is certainly a chance, obviously, that any of these teams stay up. But if Southampton do, and I want to believe this positive version of the future... That just means people above them are dropping down, which I love. Chaos is good, if you haven't learned so far in this episode. I also didn't call it out, too, but I think their secret weapon is Carlos Alcaraz, this Argentinian guy they signed. He's good. Teenager. has had two starts instantly, two goals. That's what you need. You need a guy who can come in, get five goals in the last 15 games of the season, and that's how you stay up. And I think his goals, at least one was like an outside-of-the-box banger. When you see a young south american player move over and instantly stand in front of the gaffer present his shoulders and say place the team here sir it tells you a lot about him and alcaraz is destined for the top and he could be anchorson's first uh big liquidity event as we call him in the biz either way they're making a lot of money this summer (laughs) yeah the the only thing i'll say say about them to put a bow on this is they will have their opportunities to stay up we kind of talk about those three wins that these teams need that that'll put them in their range they've got Bournemouth they've got Forest they've got Palace and they've got West Ham down the stretch Um, now those are all sandwiched between top eight teams but it's going to come down to those four matches and if you believe that they are going to get probably nine points out of that that's going to do it yeah. So um, it'll be fascinating to watch down the stretch. Absolutely. I feel like they really blew it losing to Leeds two weeks ago. That could have been safety if they got win against Chelsea, win against Leeds, win against Leicester. But this is how it goes. All right. Last team, Bournemouth. I feel like we're all pretty excited to talk about them and have a lot on them. Before today, it might have been one of the most obvious picks at this point. All these picks are a gamble because it's so close. But I had a feeling at least that we might all agree that this team is going down but it seems like we already have some deferring opinion from pat here so i'm interested to hear what you think about the squad wait you have bournemouth staying up yeah what i, I do <laughs> what so i'm gonna make the argument that no one wants to make they were sitting at minus 350 in market 
yesterday prior to their win against Liverpool this morning. So obviously some of the value has been stripped from this bet. Bournemouth to me is interesting for a couple of reasons and most of that centers around nobody wanting them to stay up they've been the worst team in the league the entire year the body of work is terrible the goal differential is laughable really only Forrest is in their stratosphere when it comes down to that but I will say they do have a few things going for them they have the easiest schedule in the Premier League not just amongst the relegation teams but the entire league going out They've actually performed pretty well in their last few games. Now, they obviously took care of Liverpool this morning, but their previous five were against Brighton, Newcastle, Wolves, City, and Arsenal. And obviously, Wolves is also in the relegation battle, but those five teams, probably the hardest schedule that anybody's had to face uh, since the beginning of February. They performed okay. They actually generated 8.5 expected goals. Now, their defense is an absolute nightmare. They gave up 12.9. But I think that being able to take care of those teams, obviously getting the result against Liverpool here, will allow them to get a few more wins against some horrible competition moving forward. And we talk about the opportunities that you're going to have in soccer being random. They have the most amongst the relegation teams to play their counterparts and to sort of get motivated to get a few points to stay up. Now, it's still likely they go down and the betting markets indicate just as such. I just think the value there is too high when you're comparing them to the other teams. So this is my sleeper. This is my dark horse. I think they're staying up. I like your take and I like you bringing up recent form because they have had some really impressive performances like drawings to Newcastle. Even the Arsenal game, let's not forget, Arsenal basically saved their season with a last-minute, 95th-minute winner. They were about to draw 2-2 with the best team in the league. Yeah, they got clapped by Man City, but that happens to every team. And being Liverpool this morning, it's it's impressive. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of the business they did in January. Dango Watara has been one of the bright spots in that horrible attack. And signing Hamed Traore as well, they've just completely retooled that front line. They're going to be able to score goals now, and these guys are for the future. That being said, I think, I don't know if it's going to be enough to save them from relegation. Like you said, they're more likely than not to go down. I also think Gary O'Neill probably is the least qualified manager maybe ever. Here's a fun pop quiz. Do you guys know what the last team he managed was? Any guesses? Last team he managed? Uh, team in League One. Team in League One, Plymouth any guesses? Argyle. <laughs> any guesses, Pat? Leche. <laughs> the English man in <laughs> It was a trick question. He didn't manage any of their teams. This is his first job. So let's just that keep that in true. mind. Yeah, mediocre player. And then he managed the uh, like U23 squad. And then he, yeah, this is his first top flight job, at least, I'll say. Rising star. Rising star. You know who also once did that? Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, you're not wrong, okay? And but every other coach ever. But yes, yes, fucking, yes. But they all didn't stay up in the Premier League either in yeah. their first season. In their first season in a relegation scrap. And... My bet actually isn't what Pat's doing. My bet is them to finish bottom, which was plus 125. And I feel like that's decent value. I'll take plus money all day. They're going to be absolute bottom of the league. I'll throw something in on Gary O'Neill as well. One bright spot in his life is that he is just such an anonymous figure 
like looking at him, he doesn't need to worry until eternity of being recognized anywhere. It's not like even in Bournemouth, which I'm pretty sure is a small town. No one fucking recognizes him. He looks like any other chap. And being able to blend in like the English chameleon he is might serve them well in this relegation scrap. I must admit as well, Pat, you were talking about all these factors that are going to keep him up. You missed arguably the biggest one, which is Michael B. Jordan. You'll know, of course, that the owners who took over Bournemouth this year, uh, led by Bill Foley, one of my favorite shell company names, Black Knight Football Club, pretty baller. We've talked about it a little bit, but this is becoming the new model, possibly inspired by Wrexham, buy a club, but tag on an A-lister if you can, but then it's just go down the waterfall, B, C, D, get the lister. People have seen movies, they'll recognize them, and maybe hate your American ass a little less. I love it. Just as a general point, this has to be one of the most competitive Premier League seasons we've ever seen. The talent, the level of quality, the amount of incredible coaches, like even at the bottom, the fact that Lope Taguchi is managing Wolves. I mean, it's insane. The general level in the league is so astronomically high that it's incredibly difficult to win games. So don't be fooled by the form of Everton, Southampton, Leeds, Bournemouth, these teams would all finish in European places in Spain without a question. That's how good they are. So I just think it's important to say that as we kind of bring this to the close. And I think we should probably recap each of us who our picks are and any parting remarks. No, I think that was expertly crafted. Charlie, thank you. As for my teams, remember I struggled a little bit in my math, but we ultimately, <laughs> we ultimately landed on Everton, Bournemouth, and Southampton. Really basic at the time of recording the three bottom teams. Rogue shout for West Ham and David Moyes, but that's who I've got. Would be happy if some teams higher up the table dropped down too. Just so spicy, like you said. I think I saw an article that relegation is the greatest telenovela on TV. And in England, where the parody is so high... Stakes are so high, investment so high. This arguably could be the Premier League's best aspect to their product. People love to see like other people struggling, you know? It's it's fun to see teams fight for their lives. Seeing humans other than yourself fight for things that matter is fun. That is am I psycho there or is that true? No, I think the fact that we're doing a whole episode on the relegation scrap when it's like one of the best title races we've seen in years just says it all. So We love the relegation. Yeah, and we're deputizing ourselves for the rest of this campaign as an official relegation podcast. (laughs) Pat? Couldn't have said it better myself. And I'll I'll go one step further. Bring relegation to America. Yes. Long overdue. I wish I had relegation battles to follow when the Lions and Jaguars are waxing it up for the first pick. (laughs) In week 16, and I'm the only one watching. It's still entertaining, but it'd be three times more entertaining if one of them was sent to the Bumblefuck football division in AAA Iowa. And Flares. Bring those to America, yeah. too. Um, pro Flares, pro relegation. That's all I'll say. Um, to recap, my three teams are Forest, Everton, and Southampton. In that order, I might add. I am going against the grain, taking away Bournemouth. I would not be surprised to see West Ham sneak in there, maybe taking Forest or Everton's spot, but um, I'll stick with those, and we'll see how it shakes out in May. Yeah, I'm going to go Bournemouth bottom, then Nottingham Forest, and then Everton just sneaking in. 
Those are my three. Thanks as always for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. We have to thank our guest, Patrick. Thank you for coming on. We will link your Discord in our show notes, which are heavily populated with people usually. And thanks as always for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Faking Injuries. Give us five stars. Anything else, guys? Thank you, Patrick. This was sublime. Thank you. I had a blast. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Love you.